0: Welcome to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Visit heartstrong.life forward slash login to access the notes from today and all the benefits of our membership community. One to the two and two to the three. Let the world see the Holy Trinity. Let's become HeartStrong Disciples of Jesus together.
1: Let's open in prayer before we do anything else. Um, Father God, I thank you for this time we can have to come and sit and around your word and learn and 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 hear from you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're the one who reminds us of the words of Jesus. You're the one who counsels us, the one who comforts us, the one who leads us. You're the one who empowers us. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your work on the cross. We thank you that it's not because of who we are, but because of who you are, that we can come into the presence of the Father. And Father, we can come and commune with you, and we can come boldly to your throne of grace in our time of need, that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to hold back. We can come and say, here I am. Here I am because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. So we thank you, Lord, for this time. Holy Spirit. I pray that for every single person here today that's listening live, that's going to listen later on, that you minister to them individually, and minister to them in their hearts and in their minds, and that you bring freedom, because, Lord Jesus, you said, you know, who the sun sets free is free indeed, and I thank you that we can be free in Jesus' name. So we'll just kick off with Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I... um, I'm Rob. For those who, who don't uh, know me, I um, go to Canada here on the, on the West End. I've been going there for a few years. Um, I've been really blessed in our relationship and friendship with Pastor Joyce and Barry over the last few months and just so thankful that we can be here, you know, for us by God's grace that we sustained and we held. Um, you know, so many things uh, happen in life and it's so good that that God is with us. So I'm I, um, I don't teach kids like my wife does and, you know, all the prepositions and I love my wife and her energy. So, you know, I'm a bit more sedate, but um, you know, let's just go ahead. And I think if it's okay with you, I'll, I'll just read the, um, the memory verse, which is so, such a beautiful verse. uh, Romans 12 is one and two. Therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. He's good, pleasing, and His perfect will. And um, that's such a process, isn't it? I mean, it's not an instant thing. You know, it's such a process. It's such a daily walk. Just that verse is so rich and and, in that instruction and it's something that we just um don't get a hold of in one day or one Bible study or one hour or a couple of minutes of reading that verse so anyway back to the order of business for the day we are in the book of numbers we are in numbers 26 and 27 and when I read these two chapters i just go you know what I feel like the Lord shared with my heart um I did not go to any resources outside. I just said, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And, and so those of you who have read around the topic, have read other books, and have got something else to share, I look so forward to hearing from you um, in, in the 30 minutes afterwards. Um, but this is what I felt like the Lord shared with me as I read these two chapters. The first thing was uh, that came to me was the lost promises of God, the lost promises, or are they really lost? The second thing that I felt like the Lord sharing with me is the restoration of the promise, how he restores the promises to us when we think they're lost. The third thing is that we're not left alone. And the fourth thing is that I felt like the Lord sharing with me is we, we need to continue that multi generational vision, that willingness to pass on and to raise up and to share and to multiply and do what the Lord commanded us to do in the Great Commission. Okay. So, Numbers 26. Um, and this is going to take us 30 minutes to read all these names. No, just kidding. We see that a second census is be taken. And again, you know, they are listing all the tribes and the clans in the tribes, um, and they've been counted. And and as you know, we go back to no, Numbers uh, chapter one, they do the same thing. And so I'm reading uh, through all these names that are so hard to pronounce, and there's so many of them, and there's 62 verses of Names and things, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell us and show us? This is such a boring chapter. Who chose this for me? And um, then we come to verse 63. Let me just flip down here. Um, and this is where things really started to sort of strike me. And it says that these are the ones counted by Moses and Eliezer the priest when they counted the Israelites in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. Not one of them was among those counted by Moses and Aaron, the priest, when they counted the Israelites in the desert of Sinai. for The Lord had, had told those Israelites they would surely die in the wilderness, and that one of them was left, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. And it struck me, you know, that a whole generation was missing. Yesterday in our pre-chat, people were talking about looking after grandkids and not having grandkids, and take my grandkids and grandkids for hire, and it just struck me that you know in the first census only those twenty and over. So at that time of the first census, everybody was nineteen and younger. Those are the ones who are here, and of course the ones who are born. But that whole older generation was gone. So this is thirty-eight years later, basically. If you're 58 or older on this uh, Zoom today, you're not there. You're not there. And it struck me, like, how sad, you know, how sad, you know, That all this all older generation, the grandmas, the grandpas. Think of family dinners and getting together and, you know, mom, can you watch the kids for me? It's, it's not there. And it just really struck me, you know. It really struck me. I said, Lord, that's it's horrible, you know, that a whole generation – and then I felt like the Lord, you know, take me to this um, extremely popular. And, and, and if you've been in church for more than a month, you probably know this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, And the Lord says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you an, a hope and a future. That was God's plan. You see, it was never God's plan. It was never God's plan for this whole first generation to not be there, not to enter the promised land. That wasn't his design. He didn't take them out of Egypt. He didn't go through. Think of everything. I mean, getting Abraham and then Isaac and the whole drama with Jacob and Esau and then Joseph and, you know, and then into Egypt and then, you know, preserving and remember, it was all oral history at the time. The scriptures hadn't been written, the Torah, the, 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 you know, hadn't been written and preserving you know, the faith and the knowledge of him and those people for all those years that were in Egypt, and then all the plagues and bringing them out and all this kind of stuff, you know, the Red Sea and all the stuff we've gone through. It wasn't God's plan for this whole generation not to be there. But they weren't because sin is destructive. You know, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that appears to be right to a man, but the end leads to death. You see, God's plan is God's plan is always to give us a hope in the future and to prosper us and not to harm us. But our ways, we, we go and we think, oh, this is a good idea. No, it seems right to us, but the end leads to death. Um, a few years ago, I, I was watching um, the David Letterman show or a clip of the David Letterman show. And he had a, a pastor as his guest on the show. And you'd all know who this pastor is. If i said his name. A mega church in the United States and he asked his pastor a question he says you're, you're something like this I'm paraphrasing but is you're a Christian And um, he said, so do you really believe that Jesus is the only way to go to heaven to be with the father? And this mega pastor kind of fumbled his answer and he kind of didn't quite make a church he didn't quite give the answer and I was listening to this I'm saying, how would I have answered this and Jesus said, uh, the holy spirit said to me jesus asked the same question so in matthew 26 jesus said my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death he said to start disciples stay here and keep watch with me going a little farther he felt his with his face to the ground and prayed father if it's possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as i will but as you will you see there isn't another way see even jesus asked the father Is there another way? You see, sin is so destructive. And I said to the Lord, you know, when I read this, is it really necessary to have wiped out these people? But you see, there isn't another way. You know, this wages of sin is death. Sin is so destructive. And and there wasn't, you know, God didn't send heaven and say, oh, we're going to create this like really nice, you know, Bible story. They're going to make movies about it one day. And we're going to, you know, there wasn't another way. Even Jesus said, Father, if, if there's another way we can deal with this problem, you know, can, can, and the father said, no, the, you have to die. You have to die, Jesus. You have to go to hell for these people. Now, we know that Jesus conquered hell and he was raised, praise the Lord. So that's why we're here. But there wasn't another way. It's so destructive. Then I thought to myself, but Lord, what about the promise? You're not a God that lies. You're not a God, you know, like what happened to the promise? You know, interesting enough in verse 8 to 11, it's uh, it speaks about Korah, who was, you know, in rebellion to the Lord, and um, and he says, the earth opened up, uh, swallowed all along them, along with Korah, and those followers who died, but it's, uh, and that was a warning, but it says, the line of Korah, however, did not die out, and when you read this whole census, I felt the Lord, you know, speaking to me, I said, you know, the Lord said, yeah, I'm not breaking my promise, I'm keeping my promise, and God uses in, in this chapter the concept of inheritance to let his promises come true. And to Second Corinthians 1 verse 20. So I was thinking about this concept of, of inheritance because it goes down later on and they speak about the inheritance. And, and um, I think it's in verse 52 to 56. it's Lord says to Moses, the land is to be allotted to these people that, in a sense, is an inheritance based on the number of their names. And what happens is they're basically going to divide up the land, the promised land, based on the number of people they are. And the Lord said to me, you know, I'm true to my word. I'm true to my promise. And although the first generation basically excluded themselves from the promise through their rebellion, I have found a way. I find a way to be true to my word. And to make sure that my promise is true to every single family line, including those who rebelled. Even Korah mentions it. Even though I, I made sure there was a remnant. I made sure that there was somebody who was left behind in 2 Corinthians to receive the promise. Somebody left to receive the promise because my word, I will get. You know, I will get my family back. I will get my heavenly family back. I will get my people back. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. Praise the Lord. It's God who makes us stand firm. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I actually forgot about this, but this is a scripture the Lord gave me when we moved to Ottawa. Is it not my family God has chosen? Yes, he has made an everlasting covenant with me. His agreement is arranged and guaranteed in every detail. He will ensure my safety and success. And that's uh, Second Samuel. Uh, you know, the Lord is so good. So what happens is the Lord allows his promise of the promised land not to go to waste because of the first generation sin, but he makes sure that through an inheritance, his promise will come true. My question, my first question today is, maybe you're sitting here today, and then to your family, to your family line, to your clan, to your people, a promise has been made, but it hasn't been fulfilled. And you're grieving in your heart because you know that God has got so much more for you and your family. But it hasn't been fulfilled. And I just want to say, God has an inheritance for you in the kingdom. Go and claim your inheritance because that promise has not been forgotten by God. Maybe like these Israelites, maybe in your family, there's been sin. Maybe there's been devastation. Certainly true for my family line. Now, my dad's an Austrian. You know, the, his, his, his father fought with the Nazis in the Second World War and the First World War II. I've got this terrible heritage, this shameful heritage, this heritage my dad never wanted to speak about. He left, he left Europe. He never wanted to talk about it. He was ashamed. He was embarrassed to be to be called an Austrian. He was, you know, in all our lives, he, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about it. And so you get this shameful history. You know, and and it was actually a burden for me and my sisters and for a long time. But, you know, the Lord, even though our ancestors, those who come before us have done shameful things, you know, the Lord is an inheritance for us. If we come, when we come to him and we humble ourselves before him and he can redeem and wash us clean and he can restore us to that place of walking in the promises of God. So that's you and your family and you come from a shameful background or you know the there are things, just know the Lord, the Lord has not forgotten you. Okay, let's also look at some other scriptures in the New Testament about inheritance in Ephesians 1.11. In him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. Colossians 3, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. Hebrews nine. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. You know, Moses was the mediator at that time, a top of the Christ who mediated between God and the Israelites. Jesus is now our mediator between us and the Father. Um, that though, for Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. And uh, 1 Peter 1, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Praise the Lord. Through the res- resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Yes, Jesus did go to hell, but he got his raised from the dead. He, he's sitting in heaven uh, to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and kept in heaven for you. There's an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, unfading. And it's kept in heaven for you. Let's go to chapter 27. So it even gets richer here. This is so beautiful. The, the, talking about the daughters of Zelophehad. I'll read. The daughters of Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, the son of Gilead, the son of Makir, the son of Manasseh, belonged to the clans of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. The names of the daughters were Mahalah. Noah, Horla, Micah, and Tezah. They came forward and stood before Moses, Eliezer the priest, the leaders and the whole assembly at the entrance of the tent of the meeting and said, so they came to Moses, the priest, the whole assembly. I mean, they courage. Wow. Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan? Because he had no son. Give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought the case before the Lord. And the Lord said to him, what Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives. And give their father's inheritance to them. So these women... They weren't counted in that census because, as you know, it was men over the age of 20 who were capable of going to war that were counted. And then the inheritance was divided based on these men who were counted. And depending on the size of the clan, you know, proportionately the land was divided and they had inheritance. So these women came in front of the council, in front of Moses, and said, hey, hang on, we're also a family. But just because we don't have a male representative or a survivor we're not having an inheritance. That's that's not right. And so they came and Lord said, of course, of course they get to have an inheritance. These women represent to me those who are the disenfranchised, those who are, who are not entitled, the forgotten ones, the discriminated ones and the unimportant ones. And maybe you are listening today and in our culture today, you you feel you're part of that. You feel you're one of those People just because of who you are, because of your ethnicity, your, your race, where you come from, your your status, maybe your level of ed- education, or you know, you're one of these people. It says, but who am I? Who am I? I'm not worthy. Who? Or maybe you think that. You know, maybe it's those people who get the inheritance. Those people get all the good things. Those people get the blessings. Those people. Those are the ones. But me. I just kind of have to go through life and hope that somebody will be gracious to me and give me a little piece of land to plant a few tomatoes so I can survive. I just want to say to you, content, if that's you, if you feel like, the question is, if you feel that you haven't been counted in the kingdom, or maybe just generally as somebody who's not entitled or or able to get an inheritance, just know that yes, you are. Go contend for your inheritance. Go to the Lord. You can go to the Lord. The word of God says, yes, you can. Go to the throne of God and say, hey, hey, in my culture, I'm not counted as anybody significant. You know, I'm discriminated against because of my race. You know, people pick on me because of who I am. And These people of who I am, you created me, but you created me, you made me, you called me by name, you know who I am and Lord, I also am entitled to an inheritance, and go claim your inheritance, go before the Lord and claim it, because he wants you to have that inheritance, don't let the devil rob you of an opportunity to have an inheritance in the kingdom, and to be blessed, to have that plot of land, that you can say, this is mine, this is my share of the kingdom, Um, and we're going to go to Moses, what a guy, I mean, Moses, a type of Christ, but what a guy! I hope that makes sense. The first two parts, of, you know, that we spoke about—the promises seem lost, but they're not. There's an inheritance, and we all, every single one of us, can have the inheritance. So we go to Moses. We spoke yesterday about uh, two days ago about imagination, the, and this is what I imagine this. I imagine this next portion of scripture: Jesus walking with Moses, and His hand is on His shoulder, and He says to Moses, "Go up to the mountains." of the Abraham range and see the land that I've given the Israelites. Go look. He says, after you've seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was. For the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zin. Both of you disobeyed my command to honor honor me as holy before my eyes. I feel like, you know, we can look at it harshly. I feel like Jesus walked with Moses. Moses, come. Let me show you the promised land. And he says to him, but son, it's time for you to go. You're gonna, it's time for me to take you home. You're not going to go in. You know, I'm righteousness and justice are the foundation of my throne, and you also rebelled. It's time to go. It's time to come and be with your brother Aaron. I love you. You've done well, but it's time for you to go. Sorry, sometimes, you know, when the Holy Spirit just reveals things to my heart, I get a bit, but actually, I'm not sorry. That's just the way I am. <laughs> Um you know and i just see this beautiful picture of god's faithful servant of jesus just embracing him and saying son you've done well and this is what i love about moses he says may the lord the god who gives breath to all living things appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them one who will lead them out and bring them in so the lord's people will not be like a sheep without a shepherd but he doesn't say you know, God, come on, give me a break. I had a little staff and rock interaction in the desert. I was a little frustrated with the people. I mean, I'm just a man. I got a little bit angry and I beat that rock. I mean, look what I've done. For goodness sake, you know, I mean, think the thing, Oh, I went to Pharaoh and I mean, you didn't go and beliake and this is not fair. And, you know, what are you doing? And I mean, I made one little mistake and now, you know, no. He doesn't. You know what his concern is? His concern is is for the well-being of the people that he'd led for the past 40 years. That was his concern. And he says, Lord, don't let these people be without a like sheep without a shepherd. And you know, when Jesus went into heaven, this is type of what Jesus did for us too, isn't it? I mean, when Jesus died and and he said to his disciples, hang on for a second, go wait. Because I'm sending you one. If I if I don't go. I can't send you the one who is to come, the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send you somebody who's going to stick closer to you than a brother. He's going to counsel you. He's going to advise you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to remind you of my words. He's going to empower you. They're going to be gifts that are going to come. There's going to be fruit that's going to come. But wait for him. You know, Jesus also didn't leave us alone when he went into heaven. And what a privilege we have. We don't have a Joshua who as a man we have the spirit of god who is not confined by time and space is omnipresent he can be everywhere at once and at once he can be everywhere he is all powerful he is all knowing he knows every detail of what's going on in our lives he knows every detail of what's going on in our bodies he knows how much how much hair i've got on my head it's a bit more than Pastor Barry's, but I'm trying to be like Pastor Barry and have some hair on my chin as well. Although my my chin is like three on three hockey, you know, it's not like a full team like Pastor Barry has. <laughs> I'll probably shave this off today. Um, but anyway, you know, the Lord also sent uh, Jesus did not leave us alone. He um, He sent us the, the Holy Spirit, and I just love this heart of Moses. I just love this interaction, this beautiful picture of of the Father um of jesus with moses saying son it's time to go you know what's coming and i feel like you know jesus well you know father remove this cup of me and but not my will but your will and the father is saying jesus it's time there isn't another way but i'm with you you know look, like, it's going to be okay um and then then moses uh the fourth thing was so first thing was the promises seemed lost restoring the promises through inheritance the third thing was um we're not alone. We're not going into our promises and our inheritance alone. The Holy Spirit is with us. And the final thing is Moses did as the Lord commanded, he took Joshua, he stood before the the priest, the lands on it, the, they laid hands on him, they commissioned him as the Lord instructed, and Joshua took it from there. And that is really one thing, you know, that we need to be sensitive. It's not our kingdom, it's not our gospel, it's not our ministry, it's not ours it's the lord's and we need to be willing to let it go and say we need to pass the baton on as depending on what you do of course in the lord this one is such a beautiful image you know the father the heavenly father wants his heavenly family back he wants his children back and uh, we got lost um through sin and he's he's done everything possible to get his children back because he wants his heavenly family, and you're part of that family. I just want to say something, and as I was preparing for this, and I'm going to just try to be a to into the Lord. I might be totally off base here, and if I am, I apologize. But as I was preparing for this um and meditating on this, I felt like the Lord saying that there might be one or more people who've signed into heartstrong here who are on the verge of giving up, or you thought to yourself, maybe I'm going to do this. This is my last kick at the can. I've had enough, you know, I've just had enough. And Lord, if you don't speak to me through this heartstrong, strong, or if you don't touch me, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and maybe as we've gone through these chapters, you've said, even said things like, well, I kind of wish that the plague of COVID would have just gotten me and taken me out, you know, or maybe you say, maybe it wouldn't be so bad if I actually did get swallowed up by the earth or get bitten by a snake and died, or maybe, it would have, would have been kind of quick if somebody shoved a sword or a javelin through me, and you know, and maybe you just maybe you're you've gone through this and go like I've gone through my own desert for the last thirty eight years, twenty years, fifteen years, and I've struggled, and and I don't see, I don't see the promised land. I don't see any relief. Enough, if, if that is you and you've gone through this, I just this is one other scripture. It's, it's in Isaiah 42. It's also quoted again in Matthew 12. And I just felt like this scripture is for you today. It's Speaking about Jesus, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I sold delights. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out to raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the streets but a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he's established justice on the earth. And in his, and in his law, the islands will put their hope. I just want to emphasize that he says a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. If you feel that you, you know, if you're that smoldering wick, if you're a reed that's been bruised And you feel like I'm barely holding on. There's not really a flame. That flame is not burning. Um, Asking that is Isaiah 42, uh, Matthew 12, 15 to 21 um, as well, where it's quoted um, again. I just want to say, you know, the Lord is with you. The Lord has seen your journey through the desert. And maybe you feel like somebody shared this morning that you're not worthy, that you're not... Who am I? That's maybe better that I go away. Maybe it's better that I'm not part of this. Maybe it's better because of my sin. Listen. Listen. He's not gonna snuff you out and he's not gonna break you if you're bruised. He's gonna restore you. That's what this is all about. It's restoration. And yes, it's so important. Got one minute left. You know, we did that's that, that title verse I gave two days ago, at Psalm 89. His righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And there are things that have to be sorted out because God is righteous and he's just. But he gave Jesus in place of that that, that justice that we would have had to endure. So we didn't have to endure that punishment or the consequence of that justice. And remember, love and truth, mercy faithfulness go before him like attendance so if you feel like you're struggling and you don't know where to go anymore the lord is there for you and he's not going to let you go and just rest in that knowledge i know it's hard listen i've been there and i'll probably be there again at some point in my life um but god is good and he's faithful and sometimes we do feel like we come that close you have a promise in the Lord. Go get your inheritance. We're not alone. Share the goodness of God with others. And just remember, if you feel, I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, that God is with you. He's not going to you. God bless you. Rob, before you uh, mute yourself, I think you need to pray because God has certainly put a precious word on your heart. Uh, I think all of us are hearing this, not with just our ears. We're hearing it with our hearts today. And uh, this portion of scripture is dear, dear, dear to you. And it's dear to us now because of what you shared. So what you've just spoken, take a moment and uh, just lead us in prayer. And uh, allow the Holy Spirit then to bring healing, to bring restoration, to bring faith to bring confidence to people's hearts that uh, he's not finished with them and that they are still on the journey and that they will inherit everything that God has promised to them in their lifetime. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just am so thankful that we can come to you. And Lord, you know how many times I've cried out to you to please help and I've not even known how to what to say but it says please help me and how good you are to answer our prayers and father we we don't understand what you're taking us through why you take us through it and sometimes why it's so hard and sometimes lord it's so difficult lord to to see the end it's so difficult to see the promised land it's so difficult to believe that there's an inheritance and it's so easy to fall into despair and like david did in in the book of psalms and be filled with such despair and and not know anymore what to do but we thank you that you're with us that you are faithful to us you sustain us and that you send your spirit to comfort us and to minister to us that you send ministering angels to minister to us you bring us manna in the morning you refresh us, and even though we grow weary and tired, when we wait on you, your word says that you allow us to renew our strength, so we can rise up on wings as eagles, and Lord, I know that, Lord, we, we so many times quote these scriptures, and we almost, they become like white noise, but they're not white noise, they're true, and your word is true, and let's pray for every single person, Lord, sometimes when you read the scripture, we, we don't see individuals, we just see we just see sort of blanket populations and we don't see individual people, but Lord, we know that you love every single person, you care about every single individual person. And I thank you, Lord, on heartstrong, not on heart strong, that you love every single one of us and you care about every single one of us, and you know the exact detail of every aspect of our lives, Father ask for your grace and your mercy that we will not become headstrong and self-willed and stubborn lord that we will not do things that seem right in our own eyes that lead to destruction but lord that we will yield to you yield to you and trust you that you know the plans that you have for us to, to prosper us not to harm us to give us a hope in a future and lord i pray for Every single person here today, especially those who in our current culture, in our current society, have been disenfranchised and maligned and pushed aside and ignored and treated as lesser. Lord, and I, that every single one of those people will be restored to the, to the rightful place in your kingdom that you have predetermined, you've predestined for them to have as an inheritance. I thank you that your glory will be shown through the church and through your people to the rest of the world so the world can see and know that you're good. Because what the world cannot do through political structures and laws and trying to change society, you can do by your spirit. And you can you can, you can demonstrate your goodness, your salvation, your restoration, and the intention that you've had for every single one of us through your people and I pray that every single person here today will reach out and grab a hold of that inheritance will grab a hold of your promises and that the world will say wow look and see that God is good look and see the God of Abram, Isaac and Jacob look at uh, look at the Lord and see how good he is In Jesus' name, I pray for every single person here today that today is a day that your life has changed before the Lord. Even though you might have been saved for 30 years or 40 years or 50 years, you've been filled with the Spirit, that your life will change and take into that next step in the Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Have you ever joined one of our live online Bible studies? When you become a HeartStrong member, you will have access to all of our live Bible studies. These studies are amazing because we get to do it together. We listen to the teaching and then we spend about 30 minutes discussing what we have learned. You will hear powerful testimonies, insights, and questions and prayer times from people like you and me. We would love to see you there. Visit heartstrong.life and click membership to join. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our live online Bible studies soon. Let's become heartstrong disciples together.